Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel. Today, I'm here with Nico of Nico and Soy. What's up, guys? <laughs> so you're... Were you born in LA or where were you born? So uh, I'm actually from an hour away. I'm from Newport Beach, California. So guess I wasn't born in LA, yeah. but I'm pretty close. And I mean, I, I grew up coming to shows up here mm -hmm. during the weekends in high school. And I just kind of got to know it a little bit. But hometown is uh, Newport, Newport Beach, California. It's nice down there. I get a surf and yeah. enjoy the, the skate and the surf culture down there. Mm -hmm. So. And do you come from a musical family? Or? No, I don't at all, actually. So my dad does real estate. Uh, my mom was a teacher. And for some reason, you know, I was the only one to do music. And how, how did you, what were you listening to back then? It's kind of funny. So obviously, like, you know, people start with, like, their parents' taste in music. And, you know, that for me, that was... Dave Matthews and U2 and like just corny dad and mom bands but honestly they actually inspired me more than I had thought so you know listening to a lot of U2 when I was a kid and uh, from that I you know I heard The Edge was a guitar player for the U2 I really mm -hmm. liked his guitar and whatever so I was like hey dad I really want to learn guitar I wanted to be that little rock star kid or whatever and I started playing guitar, got super into it, and I ended up in high school, kind of, you know, everyone goes through that, like, indie phase or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I ended up starting to listen to a bunch of, like, new wave music, Devo, uh, New Order, Talking Heads, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'd say that, that kind of music really geared me up for EDM because it's super uh, electronic-based, all that 80s music. So that's how my taste kind of evolved. It went from, you know, dad and mom music to that indie 80s new wave kind of stuff. And then eventually it kind of transformed into, you know, synthesizer based shit. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could say shit on here. But, <laughs> um, how, did, how did you get more into electronic music? So it's going to be semi sad story, but a good story. Mm -hmm. um, I, my younger brother originally uh, started DJing and at first I was like, oh, this is not very cool, whatever, like, super into like, my band at the time. Well, that was, he must have been really young, right? Oh, yeah, I was, uh, I was in eighth grade and my brother's two years younger, so he was in like sixth grade, I want to so say. so ahead of his time. Oh, I mean, this kid had, I want to say like a hundred, he had mined about a hundred bitcoins before Bitcoin was big. Oh my gosh. So if he were he sold them for like 20 bucks or something like when Bitcoin was nothing But if he were to have sold them now, he would have had so much money But anyway, so he was like kind of a pioneer Became a DJ first. I kind of talked shit on it, but then it started becoming really big I'm like wow Spencer. This is actually kind of cool. Like you're kind of ahead of like a little trend so obviously I start going to shows or whatever um, I kind of get more into it than he does and uh, so I started taking over his equipment. But uh, what really inspired me to start taking this full time is, uh, and this is where it gets sad, but he passed away. Uh, yeah, when uh, I was a freshman going into my sophomore year of college. So, you know, I 
I kind of had a different approach at life mm -hmm. and I kind of wanted to carry on his legacy in a way. And you know, the world was, or the stars were aligning and like the music industry at the time, you know, everything was going towards EDM or whatever and I was going to a lot of EDM shows. So I started making EDM music and yeah, I thought it'd be a cool way to carry out his legacy and uh, it worked out and I kind of gave it my all and I, I, maybe he was like the driving force mm. between all my luck and success, which I don't think I have had that much success yet, but we're just starting. Mm -hmm. so. What which electronic artists were you listening to? Okay, so obviously it started with R.O. Grime, mm -hmm. Getter, like a, obviously all his early dubstep stuff, that's what, Bauer was definitely mm -hmm. like so an good. early, early uh, inspiration of mine. How did you meet Sway? Oh, that's a funny, that's a funny story. So we've known each other for like a long, long time. We grew up like five minutes from each other. Wow. We're never like super, super good friends, but we we're always friends. Um, I, we've probably had playdates when we were kids. He's in my preschool. <laughs> probably had. We, we went to the same preschool and then we went to different grade schools and then different high schools, but we're still friends in high school. And then we ended up going to the same college uh, at SMU in Texas. So uh, I, was, I had started DJing a little bit and Mark had also was DJing. He started DJing before me. Um, and I kind of knew this all along. Uh, but our manager, who's actually his twin brother, oh, was wow. in some business classes with me. And he's like, hey, Mark's DJing, you guys should get together, whatever, and mess around. And so, finally, he did come over, and we kind of like put our heads together. We were doing like mashups at the time, like nothing, like, like embarrassing stuff. And, uh... He uh, ended up bringing to me this opportunity to go play in Mexico. I guess one of his uh, fraternity brothers was putting on a, a little festival there. And I want to say Dimitri Vegas and Like Mike were uh, headlining it. Um, and Steve Aoki was playing, I'm pretty sure. And so we ended up putting our names together. I'm Nico. And then I guess he was going by Sway at the time, which stands for something we all enjoy. Oh, okay. And he... Uh, he's like, hey, Nick, do you want to come play in this festival with me? I think, you know, I'm, I, we're both not ready on our own, but I think if we, you know, play together, then we could really, ooh, <laughs> we could really help each other out. Yeah. And we went down to Mexico. We had never played in our entire lives. It was like a full, like, festival set. It was, it was kind of insane. <laughs> but uh, we took our opportunity. We ran with it. We made the most of it and we've been following leads we've made just from that alone, oh, wow. like now, and like kind of like networked our asses off and just tried to meet as many people as we can and learn as much as we can. And were you already putting out, or how long until after you were putting out music? Oh, so, okay, this is so bad. Yeah. I don't think we even had a song when we played there. We might have <laughs> had one song, but before we were making like, I guess this is where we can touch on inspirations, but I was super big fan of like Night Bass, AC Slater, all that mm -hmm. stuff. So the first stuff we started releasing was a lot of house, uh, house stuff, a lot of Night Bass inspired tracks. Um, now we've evolved from that, but yeah, at the time of the, the festival, we were just doing house stuff. And how did you guys gain momentum initially, like with the songs itself? So the songs, honestly, like, I, I guess I can get, give you a little mo more background uh, as how we kind of started, because I think that kind of gives yeah. insight as to where we are now. So 
we all went to, to college and we all got degrees in something different. My manager, it was a finance major. Uh, Sway was an econ major. I was also, I, I was a real estate finance major. Oh, okay. But I minored in arts entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. which is basically how to make a living off your art. And oh, it's kind of cool. like my like creative outlet in yeah. college, because like, I was taking all these business classes, and it's obviously really hard on me, because I'm kind of a creative person, and I want to express myself, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. Um, so I was taking these arts entrepreneurship classes, and I made a business plan revolved around, revolving around how to you know, be a successful DJ or producer or just an artist in general. So the business plan is actually called Nico. Oh. And I learned so much, so much inspiring stuff in that class. I've been following that business plan to this day. No way. Honestly, like what was on it? Sidewalk Talks was on it. Oh, that's I'm so not cool. even kidding. Like little <laughs> stepping stones like that. Just yeah. like, you know, grow and whatever. So with, with all those little things in mind on the business plan, you know, slowly tack them off. Um, and, uh, so with that in mind, yeah, so my manager, uh, and I and Mark, we just had this super business minded, uh, spirit to us. And, uh, for instance, my manager, like he'll call one person, put the phone down, get a, a number from that person, call the next person. So I just, I, I attribute our success to just hard work and, you know, opening a bunch of doors mm -hmm. and just not caring what people think and just giving your all, you know? How long has it been since you graduated? So, here's a funny story. Lots of funny stories today that aren't <laughs> that funny. But um, I haven't technically graduated. I have one more Italian class to do. Mm -hmm. um, that's all I've learned. <laughs> um, but uh, I pretty much graduated. I finished all my major classes yeah. and this was just this summer, so. Oh. I'm a... Uh, I'm fresh into the new world, which mm -hmm. is a little scary, but <laughs> I'm just going to keep trying to do music. And yeah. It's my goal in life, and that'll make me happy if I can just make a living off something I love to do. Mm -hmm. Has it always clicked to you that you wanted to do music full-time? You know, I, I think I'd always love to play music and, you know, write songs and share them with people, but I think I had this mentality when I was in college that... Um, I needed to, you know, get this finance degree and go right into, you know, a commercial real estate job or investment banking or whatever. But I kind of had this realization that we're young now. We only got one chance. We're, like, we're at the point in our life where we can, you know, risk a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have, I mean, I don't have a kid. I don't have like a, a family that I need to look after. I don't have any responsibilities other than myself. So. My kind of motto is like right now is the time to just send it and yeah. try and do what you want to do, you know. Mm -hmm. And you know, if it doesn't work, then I can't be mad at myself for trying because yeah. you know I did. And you know, I could always fall back on my degree, but I'm just gonna try and do this for mm -hmm. as long as I can. How did the how do you say it? Hakkasan? Ha oh yeah, oh, Hakkasan. Yeah. How did that come about? Oh okay, so. We were put in touch with the Nervo twins. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're twins. That's really bad. <laughs> the Nervo girls. Yeah. And um, we we ended up opening for them one time at Hakkasan, and that was awesome opportunity. Like we never ex expected that at our stage, but they really liked us, and we'd opened for them before. So they're like, "Hey, why don't you come out to Vegas and open us open up for us here?" 
And so we did, and I think we did a pretty good job because the one of the, the general managers or the person in charge of booking there actually called us back oh, wow. and got us another slot to open up for Cascade, I believe. And we killed that one. And my business-minded manager just went all force ahead and just, you know, reached out to him and thanked him and was very personal and, you know, just really kind of secured that relationship and we grew that relationship and they, they just see something in us and we're very fortunate. Um, and I think we're gonna prove them right and hopefully this residency that they ended up giving us uh, will be the start of a lot of good stuff, so. Mm -hmm. What else do you have coming up? Uh, so, uh, right now our heads are down. We have a lot of productions that we're trying to line up releases for. I think we have probably like 20 or 30 songs that we've just been kind of mm -hmm. like grinding on these last couple years. So, so proud of them. Um, so what we're gonna do is we're gearing up to release those. And then we're also gearing up to start a live show. So I play guitar. Okay. Uh, Mark plays um, this thing called the Iwi, which is an electronic wind instrument. <laughs> so basically what? he can connect Never it to like, so cool. he can connect it to the computer. And you know, he can play, you know, we'll have Ableton running or whatever. He can play like some weird wompy sounds from his little Iwi. I'll be playing guitar, so we're gonna set up that live uh, element to our show. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, just, I think this year is a year where we really have to prove ourselves. And so hopefully the music speaks for itself and interviews like this will bring <laughs> us some really cool opportunities. So. Last question, what do you want Nico and Sweet to be remembered for? Uh, I want to be remembered for, I think, just the, the, the naive, like, childish, fun, charismatic, bouncy uh, vibe that we bring. Just, like, our, just the fun that you have when you come to our shows. That's what brings me happiness, and I think that kind of, just kind of resembles our brand a little bit, like... You know, just having fun, just being a kid. Like our uh, our label is an ice cream cone, or our logo is an ice cream cone, and so just, <laughs> just trying to trying to be babies, I guess. <laughs> That's the first time I heard that. I love that though. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Thank you so just much. Just be a kid and come yeah. to our show and just be a degenerate or whatever. Have fun. <laughs> don't care what people think. I don't. You shouldn't. <laughs> This is awesome. Thank you so much. Oh. I'm here with Sway of Nico and Sway. How we doing? What's going on? <laughs> so were you originally born in Newport Beach also? Yeah, yeah, just like Nico. Um, I was born really close to where he was. We didn't really know each other too well growing up. Like we kind of figured out like once we met each other like in like third or fourth grade that we had like most of the same mutual friends and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we indirectly grew up together. Do you come from a musical family or? Um, not really. I mean, like some pe some of my grandparents and stuff played, you know, like piano and instruments here and there. But when I grew up, I, I took piano lessons and I played guitar for a little bit. But other than that, really, I didn't have too much of a musical background. Like my parents never were, I'd say like in the music industry what did or they anything. Do? Uh, my dad does real estate. My mom was my mom did pharmaceutical sales, but kind of raised. She had retired and put her career on hold when mm -hmm. my brother and I were born to raise us. What did you know early on that you wanted to do music? Or I think I knew when I was 
I think maybe when I turned 14 is when I kind of figured out I, I was into it. Like when I was maybe 12 in school and we started to like get to play with the computers and I figured out about GarageBand mm -hmm. and like figured out about like the samples on GarageBand and kind of was taking the preloaded samples and making little beats and stuff. And then once I got into piano, I would record with MIDI and stuff and kind of just made little beats for fun. Nothing too crazy. But when I was like 14 or 15, I got my first mixer for DJing. And that was like around the time when Swedish House Mafia and just the big room yeah. and Melbourne Bounce scenes were just going crazy. So right when I was when I was like 14 or 15 and I got really into EDM and particularly like the Swedish House Mafia scene and that stuff, like that's kind of when I really knew that I wanted to do this mm -hmm. like full time. Were you putting stuff out like under your own name back then? Like briefly, not till I didn't put anything out under my own name till when was it? I think it was like my sophomore year of college. It was right before we joined up as Nico and Sway. I released like a little, it was like a little mixtape almost. More like, more on the, it, 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 was, it wasn't very good, honestly. It was, it was an interesting project. I, I wasn't very happy with it. It was more kind of just posting something to post something. And it, like, I was new, I was into it. You know, I just kind of wanted to have something up on SoundCloud that was mine. Just didn't really think about it too much so it wasn't the best project i'm still proud of it it was my first project but it wasn't anything special mm -hmm. and when did it click to you that you could do music full time um i think when when we formed our duo and we got we started getting real shows and started like getting traction and getting fans and followers i think that's when it started to click like that maybe we could do it full time but when we came back after our like, it was maybe middle of our junior year when we came back and we were in LA we started getting like attention from publicists and from we had we signed a little deal with Randy Jackson for a little bit we worked with him so I think around then a couple years ago is when we started to realize that maybe we could make a career out of this full-time mm -hmm. when you guys became a duo what kind of inspirations did you have at that point um like in terms of like influence or yeah like which artists um well, I mean, my background as a DJ was definitely more in like the, like I said, like EDM and big room scene. So like for a performer, my influences were, you know, I loved Swedish House Mafia. I love Axwell as his own entity. I love, uh, I loved uh, Show Tech growing up. Show Tech, mm -hmm. oh my God, they, I swear like Show Tech was like probably one of the main reasons I started DJing no too. Way. Yeah, wow. like Bouncer and all those good tracks. Um, but yeah, in my production, I'm, I'm kind of really into like the new wave. Like I love Jaws, and I think like we as a we as a whole, like we, we kind of see what's going on in the future bass movements right now with like a Cali and Alice in Wonderland's killing it right now. Louis the Child, who you said you had on. Yeah. Um, you know, we love to just take like I know like Louis the Child has just probably the most unreal synth sound right now. So like we get we love to draw inspiration for some of our drops from like some of their sounds obviously but I mean we we're constantly listening to new genres of music whether it's tech house or progressive house or trap or dubstep like we kind of like to try and take a little bit of each realm you know and put it together and make our own so like our last release let them go it's technically it's a future based track but we took so many like dub elements like especially if you hear the drums or like the bass and stuff you can totally hear it and tell but that's kind of what we like to do. We like to mix and match and kind of put put sounds together that maybe you wouldn't expect to, that would work together right away. But we find a way to figure it out, you know? How are you, how are you guys able to figure out the music industry? Because you didn't really know 
people back then, right? Like yeah, no, it was, yeah. we. I mean, we just started making connects. Like each show, each show we would do, we would try and build a relationship with whether it was the promoter or whoever booked us there, and just keep all that going. And you know, it's crazy, like how many people know people. And so you would meet, like we would meet a promoter or something, and he would connect us to someone in LA. We'd meet up with that guy in LA. He would connect us to someone in New York, and we just kind of just have been going all over the country doing shows and meeting new people and getting new opportunities literally from our connections because we're independent so we don't have like label support or institutional support or anything like that so we kind of just have to go out and pave our own road and I think we're really blessed our manager who's my twin brother goes out and is a hustler like he'll he doesn't take no for an answer so he goes out and just yeah. gets it done he gets us into these I mean we don't we're not even using a booking agent right now we're just our, like oh, we're wow. doing everything with the three of us. We got a promo team in New York, and then we have a publicist team too. Mm -hmm. So when you're independent, it's a bit tougher. You got to pave your own way. But the best thing, my advice would be, like build connections. That's literally the biggest thing because you never know when you meet someone. You never know when they're going to be able to help you down the road. Mm. And you'd be surprised more often than not, like they're going to be able to help you in a big way. So I think that's that's probably the biggest thing for us is just mm -hmm. building connections and relationships what is it like working with your brother is it ever difficult i mean don't get me wrong we have our we have our differences at times <laughs> but no we we complement each other so well he's always been like more the brains and i've been more the creativity so i think when we when we don't butt heads and we put like the, our two strengths like that together we get some really good results and how else do you think your music has changed the music that you made it's changed a lot, especially working in a duo like with Nico. Um, I mean, we just, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's come together much. Like, I'm trying to think of a word to describe it. Like, I, I feel like everything just fits better. Like he, he has some like amazing sounds and, you know, I've incorporated some of the original sounds that I had before we were a duo. But once we joined up, like we really started using like a lot of elements of his guitar, for example. Mm -hmm. And that's like, that's probably one of the biggest changes. Like when I was before that, like my music never, I didn't really use guitar or anything because I never was good or knew how to play guitar. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, when, when we joined up, like our, our music just fully took a turn. We ended up doing more, going more after the future bass style, like a little bit more poppy from what I, I was always into the more like big room, like dance scene. We still do dance music, of course, but it's much more, it's just different now. How did you guys figure out branding? Um, branding, so oh, I don't have the hat on right now, it's a different hat. But, um, <laughs> we have our main logo is the ice cream cone mm -hmm. with the red, yellow, and blue scoop. How do you come scoops. up with that? So, I mean, my, so I'm Sway, so Sway is actually an acronym, S-W-A-E, it stands for something we all enjoy. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't, I honestly don't remember. I think I was using like some form of like an ice cream cone or something at first, just because everybody likes ice cream, it goes with yeah. Sway. And so we, I think we ended up continuing that, but we re, we, when, once we uh, joined up, we ended up like redeveloping our logo and made it, just made it fit like kind of our image and what we wanted to go for. We wanted, at least for the ice cream, we wanted something that like, you know, a lot of people can relate to, something that people love, something that just works, you know. And uh, we also have this logo too, which is like, we call it like the panda. <laughs> but it's if you see it in the Nico and Sway right here, it's oh, those yeah. two eyes and then the nose. Oh, that's cute. So we ended up making this is like the, the OG, like the locals only logo. <laughs> we might have to start making more uh, gear with that. Yeah. But, yeah so you're we, selling a lot of merch now? Or? Yeah. I mean, we, we go through like waves where we'll like redo our merch. So 
when we first started selling merch like a year and a half ago, we had um, we had like literally the most comfy sweatshirts ever, which I was bummed we're redoing them, but they're still gonna be great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we had we made like these dad hats and stuff, and we have shirts and long sleeves. But we're redoing all of the merch right now. We actually, I guess. We, we've previewed it on the story, but I'll give you guys a little rundown. We got some sweet like LED strips on oh, the brim. Nice. Yeah, so they like light up and change colors and stuff. We're gonna throw out a bunch at our shows, so make sure to come to Hakkasan in Las Vegas and see us get some free hats. How did you realize it was the right time to have a residency? Isn't it a bit early or? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say it's too early for us because every time we play a show in Vegas, like it, if anything, it helps us. We get more fans, more followers, mm -hmm. more traction. So we realized the time was right when, I mean, they believed in us. We were obviously very stoked to even get the offer in the first place, but we knew the time was right because based off of our releases and just the traction at the time, the growth that we've been seeing with our social medias and our streams and just Spotify's and everything, we kind of figured that it would be the right time to settle into like one spot in Vegas, like build, keep, you know, grow our brand out of there as well as like supporting like some of the biggest artists in the world. Because for us right now too, one of the biggest things, like I, I was talking, when I was talking about connections, is like we, like our last show in Vegas, we got to open for Steve Aoki. So we got to meet him, like start a little bit of a relationship with him, not too much, but it's that's for us, that's the most important thing right now is just being able to open for some of the biggest artists in the world, like Zed, Tiesto, like, you know, they, you can see their lineup, it's ridiculous, but that's probably the biggest thing for us right now. And probably the reason we thought we were the most ready is because we're confident in our stage performance and everything. And so we just we just know that we need the opportunity now to get to play with the big names. After you graduated, did you were you working other jobs like meanwhile or how was it? No, so uh, so at like toward the end of our junior year we kind of agreed that we were gonna do this full time and like put like everything else on hold. And so after senior year, after senior year, like once we graduated, we had still had just so much momentum and everything going, and all these releases and, and uh, production scheduled. So we just decided to just keep going with it, and rather than like take second jobs, um, we've we've been very lucky in that sense that we've just been able to follow our dreams and pursue this passion. Um, yeah, as of right now, we don't have any other any plans to take second jobs. We've just been going full steam ahead with the music industry. Nice. And how are you able to figure out Spotify? I feel like people oh, for hard. watching this are kind of curious about yeah, that. Yeah, Spotify's hard. Especially as like a new artist. Um, honestly, let's go right back to connections. So, the bit, like, honestly, what we do sometimes, and this is like, you'll, you might think we're crazy, but like, if you're like laying in bed or something and you're on your phone, go on Spotify, go on like whatever playlist you like listen to or whatever like try and figure out who curates the playlist because a lot of times it either says like it'll say bye and then the person's name so you can go find them out find out who makes the playlist find them on instagram or whatever and just talk to them and like you'd be surprised like most of the time they'd, they'll like your track or they'll be willing to help you out for free literally so there's no harm in just in like worst case they say no you know so mm -hmm. you just go on that's the best tip and then once you start to like build your your uh, like database of all the playlists and stuff and build your relationships it gets a little a little bit easier but the easiest way to like get your foot in the door in spotify is honestly just look up who look up the playlist that you want to be in find out who curates them try and find the curator on instagram or a social media 
and just talk to him. Like it's 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 crazy. At first, it can be a little bit hard, you know. If, but just make sure that you find playlists that kind of that kind of help or like cater to your sound and your style. That's the biggest thing too. Because mm -hmm. you don't want like even though it could help you for streams, you don't want if you have a future bass song, you don't want it to necessarily be in like a trance playlist, oh, yeah. you know. So <laughs> so that's the like another big thing would be just making sure you find the right playlist for your track because you want to you want to advertise your sound with similar sounds because then the people who are listening to the playlist are more likely obviously to save your track as well how are you figuring all this out did you listen to any like podcasts or books or we've blogs? had I, we, I guess we've gotten a little bit lucky we've had a couple mentors so like we got to work with randy jackson like i was saying and he helped us kind of he helped us get our feet in the door and up with a bunch of uh like he he kind of introduced us to our the marketing and promo team we work with out of New York right now, and they're they're really good with Spotify. Like they help us a lot with that, but still, um, but still we like we, like on our free time we'll still look up the curators and stuff all on our own. And so we do have like some teams helping us now, mm -hmm. but still when you're independent and you're not signed to a label, like you're really as good as yourself. So yeah, you you still kind of have to take on a lot of the roles and wear multiple hats. Mm -hmm. But it's fun. I like yeah. it. it. Makes it makes each day different, you know. So what do you like about Nico's personality? Nico's crazy. We like we just we never get bored because one of us always has something to say. We're always like making each other laugh. He's always making me laugh. He's funny. My my favorite thing about his personality though is Nico. Don't take this the wrong way. You're like you're like you're carefully clumsy. Like you should see you should see Nico. Like he rips on the skateboard, on the bikes, and everything. But he's not afraid to throw down some tricks. He's wild. I love Nico. Did you? often realize that you could be a duo like you never like that it clicked to you that you um because like some people i feel like are just aren't made out to be in a duo yeah you know what I mean? no for sure um i mean when we first started like working as a duo there are obviously like certain challenges like we didn't necessarily agree all the time on like the direction or sound we wanted to take nico and sway into but that's just part of it like when you work with someone who like you literally consider a brother like, you're always going to have your differences no matter what but you know, like a lot of the times, like the fights or like the little arguments always just work out for the best. So mm -hmm. we, I mean, we definitely like sometimes we'll butt heads, but I think, I honestly think we're so on the same page now that everything just clicks. And same with our manager too. Like everything just, everything just works. Mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy. Like you literally, if you, if you spent like a whole day with us, you would literally think we're triplets, like the three of us. Oh, it's crazy. Geez, yeah. That. Like we think the same, we talk the same. <laughs> Everything except eat the same. <laughs> <laughs> Last question. What does love mean to you? What does love mean to me? Yeah. Well, it's Valentine's Day is coming up. Oh, true. Oh, shit. Yeah. My girlfriend's going to see this. So. <laughs> love, <laughs> like, love to me, love to me is like trust, honestly. It's like, it's rare. Like, if you love someone, you trust them, you know, you have their back, you ride with them, you'll die for them. So, like, love, especially now, is like kind of hard to come by because so many people are, are fake and can fake it but mm -hmm. like yeah to me love is all really about trust and just feeling comfortable with with the person he or she but yeah i mean we got valentine's day right around the corner make <laughs> yeah. sure to tell your parents that lucky lady the lucky man <laughs> tell them you love them tell them you care about them yeah i love it this is awesome thank you so much oh no, thank you i appreciate it it was a great time oh, my God.